Good morning. This is meteorologist Drew Lerner of World Weather Incorporated, and this is your World Weather Update here for Friday, February the 2nd. During the past 24 hours, we did see some rain develop across portions of Brazil, but it was uh, rather erratic. We've seen this week's precipitation concentrated on the common border area of Goiás, along with Minas Gerais. That's the one area that seems to have seen the most significant amounts of moisture. And uh, everybody else hasn't really had all that great amount of rain and net drawing has likely occurred. You can see the percent of normal for the uh, month of January, uh, definitely below average in uh, parts of Sao Paulo and northern uh, Paraná into uh, Mato Grosso do Sul, at least south central Mato Grosso do Sul. And, uh, but we've managed to have good soil moisture. So it just further reiterates what we've said in the past that it, it's not about getting normal rain in, in Brazil. It's more about getting timely precipitation. That's what we've had here since mid-December. It's one of the reasons why I still believe that the crop size in Brazil uh, may get a little bit bigger rather than any further shrinkage. May not be a dramatic change, but it is potentially there. In Argentina, it's a little bit different story. Of course, no, it's not raining and it's hot. Yesterday's high temperatures were similar to those of Wednesday's. And we did see readings up of 100 to 106 occurring from Santiago del Estero into Formosa and Chaca. We also saw a, another area of hot weather occur down in La Pampa and parts of Buenos Aires, where the temperatures in La Pampa at least reached up to 108 degrees Fahrenheit. And uh, anyway, most other areas were running in the 90s across central parts of the country. There's no question that Argentina crops are, and livestock are being stressed by the heat and the dryness that's evolving. And we're about into this by about three days of, for the extremes. Now, some areas in Buenos Aires and La Pampa have been drier biased for well over three weeks or two to three weeks for sure. And uh, it has been drying out for quite some time. It. So that is where the greatest amount of stress is. You can see that in the percent of normal chart for the month of January with the below average precipitation in Buenos Aires. Also in the northern parts of the country, you can see that same tendency. But areas in between did do fairly well with January precipitation. That's one of the reasons why the crop stress is not quite as extreme in Cordoba and Santa Fe and Entre Rios. But it is quickly catching up as the ground begins to dry out. And one of the reasons why the temperatures are not quite so hot in central parts of Argentina is because of the moisture abundance that was there previously. Well, the uh, rainfall map looks pretty impressive, but you need to know that most of the precipitation you see on this chart uh, uh, in Argentina and uh, parts of Paraguay will occur as we get to the end of next week, the first half of next week, then the weekend will all be drier, biased. So any precipitation that occurs will be limited. Uh, the same thing can be said for Mato Grosso to Sol. That precipitation you see there comes late in the week next week. Otherwise, these areas in the southern part of Brazil will likely see some drying, biased conditions for a while. So it's very important to kind of keep an eye on those areas. Uh, today, the uh, it just like yesterday and the day before, the ensemble and the two operational model runs, the European and the GFS, all are on board with rain coming at the end of next week, going into the following weekend. Is that going to be sufficient enough? That's still the big question. Uh, you know, I do feel like everybody will get some rain, but I do not necessarily believe that it's going to be sufficient on its own uh, to carry crops along for very long. And so additional follow-up precipitation will be very important. In the meantime, as we pointed out yesterday, a trough of low pressure remains somewhat stationary over parts of Brazil as we go forward through the coming week, and that's going to perpetuate the better rains from Mato Grosso into Minas Gerais and parts of Sao Paulo. 
Now, this map we're looking at here in this graphic here is, comes from the European model. Uh, we believe the European is, is outperforming the GFS now. If you recall, just a few weeks ago, it was the other way around. Temperatures will be very warm in Argentina, you know, without any question. Over the next week, Brazil temperatures will be more seasonal, although southern Brazil will have a slight warmer bias as well. It won't be as hot there as it will be in Argentina. When we get out to days 11 through 15, we'll have a little bit more seasonal temperature regime in Argentina. But notice the heat is still there in the north. And that is just a little bit indicative of the fact that they may be hard to, for them to shake off the ridge of high pressure completely, as we noted yesterday. In the U.S., precipitation last 24 hours is most significant in the western parts of the country, and that's uh, because of the latest disturbance coming into the far western states. We have a much stronger storm that's slated for California as we get out into uh, the Saturday night and especially Sunday into Monday. That storm is going to produce a lot of excessive wind, flooding on the coast, and uh, some very heavy mountain snow. And it will move from the California coast eventually into the southwestern areas of the U.S. That system needs to be closely monitored. There was heavy rain that already occurred along the lower coast of California yesterday. Now we'll take a little break from that today, and then we'll start, to start it up again late in the weekend. I'll show you more about that in a moment. In the uh, temperature uh, realm, uh, things were still unseasonably warm, uh, really all the way up into Canada. Canada temperatures were in the 30s and 40s across a big part of the prairies, uh, except in southern Alberta and southwestern Saskatchewan, where we did see 50s and even a couple of lower 60s. That is incredibly warm. It should be below zero at this time of the year in some of those areas. And uh, we're obviously way above that. Down in the southern half of the plains, it's been warm enough now for a few days, and we're really taking the, uh, uh, the winter hardiness away for all of hardware and wheat areas, even into parts of the soft wheat in the Midwest. And some greening uh, and early development may be occurring in parts of Texas and southern Oklahoma. Now, the sun angle is still low. We're getting cool nighttime temperatures, but it's not cold enough. And so there's a potential we are stimulating a little bit of development. The temperatures will continue to be very warm over the next five days. Even the six to 10 day period shifts the heat just a little bit farther to the east, uh, but it's going to continue to be unusually warm. And you can see the cooling that comes into the western part of North America. That's because of that trough that develops across the region. Remember, this is Pacific air. It's not Arctic air. It's not going to be nearly as cold as it, what it looks like there. And a very quick moderation of those temperatures takes place. When we get to the end of the second week, we still have a warm bias in the Midwest. We still have warm bias in Canada, and the uh, western U.S. is getting back to near normal. So there's not a lot of reason for serious cooling to take place. In Australia, it was dry yesterday in most of the major crop areas. You know, that tropical cyclone, Carilli, uh, redeveloped in the Gulf of Carpentaria uh, on Wednesday going into Thursday. system has now moved inland. Uh, and uh, has dissipated as a tropical cyclone, but its remnants will continue to work their way to the south and southeast, passing through New South Wales uh, as we get out towards uh, the uh, latter part of our weekend to early next week. There will be another round of significant rain that will occur in that band. Uh, it is going to miss most of the key crop areas in uh, uh, Queensland, but there will be a band of moisture that will occur from northwest to southeast across New South Wales. So there will be some additional beneficial and beneficial moisture and certainly will be good for sorghum and cotton in New South Wales away from the northeast. 
The uh, situation in Europe has not changed. Uh, their precipitation is relatively tranquil right now at this time, uh, but we do expect precipitation to develop. This is a 10-day European forecast map, uh, and obviously precipitation does eventually evolve here across parts of France, Spain, Portugal, and Italy, even at Morocco and northwestern Algeria gets a little bit of moisture. Now, all of that occurs a week from now, and uh, we will be dry in all of these areas through at least Wednesday. And then we'll see an increasing risk of showers and uh, maybe even some thunderstorms for a brief period of time in, in the latter part of next week and the following weekend. Temperatures in Europe will be unusually warm still for another several days. Uh, but as we get into this uh, into the second week, we'll have temperatures coming back down closer to normal. In the CIS, we still have plenty of moisture uh, occurring. Uh, but yesterday was kind of a quieter day. Uh, temperatures are getting a little bit warmer. You can see uh, readings in the 30s were noted all the way up into western parts of Russia. And you can also see the wet bias that occurred during much of January. And one, one, one of the reasons why the ground is so saturated beneath the snow and why we have so much snow on the ground. Now, the warm temperatures is melting a little bit of the snow, but it hasn't melted a lot of it. We still have snow on the ground all the way down through Russia's southern region. There is a need for... Uh, some uh, you know, maybe slowing of the precipitation bias across the country if we're going to start melting snow because the runoff from the melting snow and the precipitation uh, could result in some notable flooding. And there is quite a bit of moisture, though, that is still in this pipeline. Now, this is the European model. I do think it might be a little bit extreme on the uh, moisture totals, but if this verifies and the temperatures stay warm biased, which they will, uh, we're going to have a lot of uh, melting snow, a lot of runoff occurring. Now, it might be a good idea to get some of that snow melted uh, before we get into the spring season. Uh, but in the meantime, there could be some increasing risk of flooding or in some of these areas and the more northern part of the region I've just outlined, uh, we'll probably get a significant amount of snow to accumulate and that's just going to add to the flood potential a little later down the road. The temperatures across Asia continue to be warm biased over the entire two-week period coming up. A little bit of a cool-off will take place in the northwesternmost parts of um, Russia, but it's not likely to be uh, uh, very threatening. We'll see the temperatures heat up across a much larger portion of western CIS, and so that will take place as we get down to the, down to the latter part of the second week of the outlook. Now, there will be or was uh, some rain yesterday across east central China at the Yangtze River Basin primarily. You can see how wet China's been uh, this uh, last 30 days uh, and how cold it continues to be in the northeast. But winter wheat is outside of that realm, and there's no reason to be concerned about any kind of widespread crop damage that occurred. All this moisture you see in China is going to occur from now through the first part of next week, and then we will likely see the trend to turn drier. So the second half of next week through the following weekend will be much drier in east central and southern China. That should help to curb some of the concern about flooding. Over the past seven days, we did get some beneficial moisture to occur in northern wheat areas and a few pulse production areas, a few rapeseed areas, a few millet areas, but it was mostly wheat that benefited from this moisture. Uh, it wasn't a uh, big soaking, but it was good uh, moisture. Any moisture is better than none this time of the year. Uh, India will be seeing some additional showers around, but they are going to stay light, except up in Himalayan Pradesh and, and Uttarakhand, and those areas will pick up on more meaningful moisture than anywhere else. 
at the bottom line is that India is not going to see the, the ideal conditions that it saw in the previous years. And just real quickly, the market continues to uh, spread rumors about hot weather in the month of February. And I've got to tell you, I don't see it. I don't see the extreme heat, not like two years ago. Uh, there will be a slight warmer bias, but it's not going to be exceptionally hot. And I don't look for that to have a huge negative impact on their winter crop production. So just keep that in mind. I think that's very important to uh, not be swayed by the market mentality. In uh, South Africa, not much precipitation occurred yesterday. Temperatures were seasonable. We did uh, have a nice month of uh, mixed weather across the country. Uh, we are expecting to see kind of an erratic rainfall pattern again for the next 10 days or so. So don't look for any big changes in the, the trend out there. I do still believe that some of these western uh, summer crop areas are going to see further drying. And that will firm up the ground and raise a little moisture stress, making a, a much higher need for timely rain in the second half of February. So keep an eye on that. That's pretty much it this morning. But before I uh, drop off here, I do want to take you and take and show you a little bit about the uh, California storm system coming along. And I also want to take you back and show you the upper air wind flow pattern uh, for uh, South America. So stay with me for just a moment here. Uh, as we get into the weekend, there is uh, this stronger storm system that's coming into the West Coast. Uh, this is for Saturday night. Doesn't look all that impressive, but uh, it does come in with a fairly strong amount of wind along the coast. Uh, even the mountains will probably see some windy conditions, blizzard conditions, possibly in Sierra Nevada, but very high wind speeds along the coast, very heavy rainfall is likely to occur. And uh, the storm system kind of hangs around and goes kind of up into the southwestern Oregon for a little bit. And then the uh, and then it relaxes back to the southeast. And we'll likely see the precipitation from this entire event stay with us at least until Wednesday of next week. Now, the intensity of the storm diminishes greatly uh, after Monday. But nevertheless, there's going to be some impressive amounts of moisture that will be occurring with this event and uh, some impressive snows that are going to occur as well. Sierra Nevada will see a notable rise in snowpack over this event and uh, will end up uh, getting a, a boost in the water reservoir levels and runoff potential as we go further out in time. All right, let's jump down to South America and take a look at that upper air wind flow pattern one more time. This is be our one of our last opportunities to do that before the weekend gets going. Uh, and uh, as we pointed out yesterday, there's an awful lot of high pressure around and that might inhibit some of the rain potentials, especially in the second week of the outlook. So you can see the ridge of high pressure over Argentina I here today and uh, early on Saturday, and you'll notice that we have that first trough of low pressure coming through and kind of weakens the ridge, pushes it off uh, to the northwest, brings some cooler air temporarily into Buenos Aires and La Pampa. Yes, there will be a chance for a few showers, but they won't be all that meaningful. In the meantime, you notice the trough of low pressure we talked about the last couple of days, extending from Monte Grosso down into parts of uh, Sao Paulo. These areas are going to continue to see uh, the, uh, the dividing line, if you will, the greater precipitation will occur to the northeast of that. So it'll be Monte uh, Grosso and the Minas Trace will have the greatest precipitation as long as that trough is in place. The trough that passes through Argentina will re-enhance, uh, reinforce the trough over Brazil, perpetuate that pattern up that way. In the meantime, as the trough leaves Argentina, we get the ridge of high pressure to build back up over that country. And uh, we continue to keep some sign of a little weak trockiness over central parts of Brazil. 
as we move on through the first half of next week, the ridge dominates Argentina. Uh, the center of the ridge uh, will break off a little bit and move over Uruguay and parts of Rio Grande do Sul as we get out towards midweek next week. This is why Argentina's reign for midweek has been diminished and why we will wait until the end of next week before we get better opportunities for rain to develop. As we pointed out yesterday, there is a high pressure system building up south of the Amazon River, and uh, this will be uh, over parts of Mato Grosso and from there into portions of uh, Goyas and uh, Bahia. And those areas are going to see less precipitation as we get to midweek next week. And uh, then we've got the new trough of low pressure coming into Chile and parts of Argentina. And as we get to the end of next week, that'll become the primary uh, event for Argentina. The ridge of high pressure over Argentina breaks down. The trough of low pressure comes in from the Chile coast and ends up bringing rain and thunderstorm activity to Argentina. In the meantime, the high pressure bridge up uh, south of the uh, Amazon basin uh, the center of it moves off towards the Andes Mountains, uh, but we also have still that high pressure system out in the Atlantic. And now there's a, a little low pressure system uh, that is along the uh, Rio de Janeiro coast. This is part of that old trough line. Okay, It develops a little bit of a low aloft. And so this is going to perpetuate the rain still from Mato Grosso into Minas Gerais. Uh, that low pressure system will be pulling out and off the coast as we go forward into the second weekend of the two-week outlook. But as it disappears, uh, we do keep uh, some um, high pressure around. We've got the system off the Atlantic coast. We've got another uh, system, uh, actually a little low pressure system that uh, develops across the off the northeast coast of Brazil, which is kind of an interesting new feature. We'll keep an eye on that. If it does verify, it might bring some moisture into the Amazon basin as we move forward in time. In the meantime, another disturbance comes across Argentina uh, and helps to perpetuate scattered showers down that way. But the ridginess that uh, we talked about yesterday that develops across southern Brazil is still there. Uh, it's a weak feature, but it will inhibit some of the rainfall in southern Brazil and northern parts of Argentina while we have the disturbances moving across southern Argentina. And that's kind of the way we end the whole model run with the same kind of scenario. So real quickly, we've already shown you what the total rains are going to look like, but just in case you want to see how the day-by-day -day precipitation goes in this scenario, this is the ensemble we're talking about. So we get out towards Monday, uh, then you get out towards Tuesday and Wednesday, you get some rain starting to occur in La Pampa and southwestern Buenos Aires at midweek, but the better rains don't evolve until we get to the end of next week and into the following weekend. After that, there's a lot of instability showers around that persist all the way through mid-February, and that is because of that quasi-zonal flow pattern that occurs in Argentina with trough, weak troughs of low pressure passing through the country uh, during that second week of the outlook. So very helpful for perpetuating some rain. Now, I have to tell you that I'm a little bit leery about the GFS uh, ensemble there, uh, maybe overdoing some of the rain. Uh, and I think that uh, we need to be a little bit cautious about that situation. If we take a look at the European ensemble uh, from the Zero Z run, uh, the, uh, it's kind of the same scenario in general. Uh, there's not a lot of change, but I did want to point out how it finishes a little bit. It keeps a little bit more ridginess over Argentina in the end of the second week than the GFS. And I think this might be a little bit more correct. 
if that's the case, then that those showers you just saw in the GFS ensemble is not going to be quite as aggressive or as persistent as what you just saw. And if we were to go with this particular model, uh, the European ensemble, and, and go through this, they it does also have showers in the second week forecast. Uh, but I think that little weak ridginess is something that we need to keep an eye on, uh, that it might actually um, inhibit some of the rainfall. But all the models suggest starting a week from today into the second weekend of the forecast that there will be greater precipitation followed by sporadic showers as we go through the second week of the forecast. This is meteorologist Drew Lerner.